Welcome to Tech Talk Nation, talking about the latest tech, industry news, and hot topics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit our website at techtalknation.com. Good evening and welcome to Tech Talk Nation. I'm your host, Matt Fitzgerald, and we have a great show for you tonight. A lot has happened in the tech world in the last couple weeks, and we are here to recap a lot of that. We have a big update section today, and we have some news regarding Tesla and something really, really cool coming up here. Um, we have Moon Wi-Fi uh, that will eventually be tested here on Earth. So stick around for that and more uh, as we get into this episode of Tech Talk Nation. So I am joined once again by my wonderful co-hosts, Matt Grizzle <clears throat> and Ryan Eastman. How are you guys? Excellent. Happy to be alive. A little, a little weight loss on my face. A little weight, yeah. It's a little, yeah, a little different. Yeah. Ah, a little lighter. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how short I was going. Until I went so short, <laughs> and um, after that first pass, it's game over. Yeah, you can never go back. Um, yeah, you can always go shorter. You can never replace to go longer. So I highly regret that. Um, that was my mistake last week. Nice. Uh, speaking of mistakes, talk about social media. No kidding. <laughs> talk about Hold social on. media. Is this no. the segue I thought you were going to give me for social media? No, no, no. I'm just messing with you. Uh, but yeah, that's what I thought. It's been on top. We've been we've been decent recently. I'll say yes. That. No. I I was I meant mistakes in terms of Facebook. Well, but we'll get into that later. In the meantime, <laughs> do you want to tell the good people watching today where they can find us on social media? Yeah, um, Facebook and Instagram were down last week, but they're up this week. So that means you guys got new posts. But LinkedIn is a platforms. Um, but LinkedIn's uh, down. Uh, fortunately, we don't have a LinkedIn account, and we probably will never have one. Um, Why do which we is good. One? Either way, um, make sure to stay up to date for the latest Tech Talk Nation news, um, and also just kind of generally when we post. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter on Facebook at Tech Talk Nation Show. On Instagram, Tech Talk Nation, and then Twitter, Tech Talk Nations. That's Tech Talk Nation with an S. You can also see us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts from. But we do stream live on YouTube. So make sure to follow us on there and hit the post notifications. Hit that bell so you don't miss when we go live. Um, we're trying to get more regular, and I think is now we're kind of proving this to all of you. We're trying to be more regular with it all. Um, but if not, you'll get updated there. Um, with that, fits. Off we go. Off we go, indeed. Well, I just updated the uh, the YouTube description here to make sure that we're getting all those people with the good views coming in. Um, the first article we have for you tonight is a follow-up from what we talked about last week with the Facebook whistleblower and got into a, a really good discussion on this. Uh, we're going to keep it a little shorter today, but basically um, this article is a little bit biased. It's a little bit... Um, written from a certain point of a view bit. a little bit a certain yes. point of view <laughs> yes but basically uh they're they're comparing uh all of this to the big tobacco playbook here uh basically mirroring how facebook has reacted to this as to how the um tobacco industry re reacted to the news of nicotine becoming addictive and all of the um rest of the fallout from that so um I know there's a couple pieces that we wanted to talk about in this article in particular. Um, not sure how we want to handle uh, introducing those, but 
I don't know. For me, at least, um, Facebook, they're, they're, they're trying to do damage control right now. They're try they, they know what that, what came out is pretty, pretty scathing. And it, to an average person seems very almost undoubtedly true that some of this stuff is happening based on these internal conversations. But what, what do you do when you're Facebook in that situation? Do you just start attacking the person or do you, uh, do you be like, here's what we're doing. This was a misunderstanding, yada, yada, yada. But Facebook just was like, nah, she's bad. So. Well, I mean, for starters, it was pretty much radio silence to start. Um, it didn't seem like there was much of a response. Um, it doesn't seem like there was much of a response until maybe uh, during or after uh, the very uh, soon after follow-up congressional hearings that happened um, after the, the bombshell, was it 60 Minutes came out? Um, bombshell. I, <laughs> Sorry, I got my I, own strong perspective on all these things. I'll, I'll be honest, I am surprised considering the conversations that we've had in the last few weeks um, of, of that reaction. But well, yeah. let me finish my piece. Um, you know, they, they definitely are still hiding uh, Zuck, um, the, the human lizard person. Um, he's responsible for this, ultimately. Uh, he, he is the, the yes, no decision maker at the end of the day. Final say, I'm, I'm sure quite literally I think I'm done. No, he doesn't have um, control over everything, but he is the person at the top who who is responsible for making sure people are are, are following some sort of company culture, procedures, policies, things like that, um, and doing the right thing. And obviously, that's just not the case. Um, it's embarrassing, I think, for Facebook, and it seems like they're taking a kind of how you alluded to that big tobacco uh, position, trying to uh, smear the whistleblower and really not respond to the claims they made much at all. Um, it was very empty. It was very political of a response, you know, not really answering the question, um, but but reacting nonetheless and trying to um, belittle that uh, whistleblower. And then also just saying, yeah, we need to make some new internet rules. Well, yeah, we do. It's been long enough. We need to. And you're going to be probably one of the biggest, most effective platforms out there um, because of new legislation. I'm all for it. I've never been against it. I don't understand why Congress can't get this one thing done. Um, I'm doing a little off topic here, but yeah, I mean, to, to sum it up, I'm, I don't know if I'm not, if I'm surprised by Facebook's response or not, either way, it's pretty bad. Um, and I really hope that Congress can just work for once towards change here and, and attack big tech when they have the opportunity because they've had a few in the past and just failed, just outright failed. The, the one thing I do want to point out too, you, you kind of mentioned that where they're trying to smear the whistleblower. They're trying to do this. Um, we, we talked about this very briefly during the pre-show today and we were saying, wait a second, uh, that Facebook was basically like, uh, uh, held a hearing committee with the, the, this is Facebook. Today, a Senate Commerce subcommittee held a hearing with a product manager at Facebook who worked for the company for two years, had no direct reports, never attended a decision point with C-level meetings, and testified more than six times uh, on the subject matter in question. Uh, 
we don't agree with her characterization of the many issues she tested about. And this this tweet from uh, her former boss actually was like, well, I was there for six years, has numerous direct reports, led many decision uh, meetings with C-level execs. I find the perspective uh, basically founded. And it's it's just interesting to have this this direct um this direct like negation of their argument just just immediately i mean granted i can't verify this my own like i don't have the the uh the freaking responsibility chart or the accountability chart from a uh, uh facebook but it sounds legit to me so yeah all right now here's where i come in with a very very different perspective from everyone else uh oh boy I mean, I can start this by just saying I hate Facebook. I don't think anyone should be on it or use it. I think it's a terrible just like thing to use in general. It's bad for you just objectively. But uh, so is I mean, just to carry their own comparison, smoking's really not good for you either, and we're perfectly happy to let people smoke as well. But just there's there's a lot of things with this that are weird to me. Uh, the first thing kind of is that she got a congressional thing like almost immediately and there's been about four to five other facebook whistleblowers who never got to testify before congress no one ever called them up for anything who had entirely like what i think are legitimate like surprising things that they're doing and how they're doing them but uh i don't know kind of in general i kind of have a fairly strong uh, take on internet rules and all that, as in like a strong distaste for them. Uh, I think a lot of times the only like the only rule I see is like truly, uh, I guess like that really needs to concern itself with the internet is libel and how like stuff like that gets treated libel. Uh, there's probably some rulings on advertising and stuff that might also be very, very important. But I think libel's the big one, and I think it's the one that maybe tech manages to skirt around the best. Uh, I don't know. I don't see the need to, like, strongly regulate them, except that I also do. So let me kind of explain what I mean, right? If all people are doing on your platform is they're following people, they're seeing what the people they follow post and like they're just keeping track of things that way. I don't see any reason why uh, there needs to be any like practical oversight unless like you're censoring people because then I'm kind of speaking to an old uh, law that got instantiated early in the history of the internet. Uh, I think it's called like section 238 or something like that. Yeah, I believe basically so. how uh, the internet deals with libel and stuff. Uh, if you're a free platform, uh, you don't have to, you can't be accused of libel. You have to sue the person who posted it on your platform. But then once, it seems to me at least that once you start censoring people and controlling what you can and can't post, uh, you're a publisher now. You're deciding what gets put out and what doesn't. Hmm. I think you have to start taking responsibility for what becomes on your platform. That's, so that's kind of the two things I see, right? You either have to be a platform and let people like post what they want mostly. Uh, I think the law does make room for like bans on 
probably like profanity because this was the 90s nudity uh obviously anything that's already illegal like that clearly needs to get put off but i think on the whole like if the platform is really just for like connecting people and that i don't see a need to like insert rules and i think where maybe facebook might kind of skirt this in a strange way is the algorithm is the serving up of new content all the time from random places because that's that's no longer like a forum or like a public place like that that's you're being served up content kind of like you would from say the wall street journal's publication interesting and that might be where they run into the law a little bit too that's that's uh, a good point that's a good well, point yeah so I, go ahead Fitz. okay I'll, I'll say my my two cents on this first i see your point with this because if if you're a truly independent publisher you are or excuse me a platform you do you basically allow people to do x thing and then you allow yeah. other people to find what other people do of x thing so like if it's a um and this kind of went away um a, a, a maybe about five years ago a little bit right where you get a all you do is you just aggregate every single thing that one of your friends has done into a timeline in my opinion that would be a little more um a little more to me that functions like a forum almost right but if like a platform or a forum where libel i don't think really is that company's concern right but now you have facebook that's that's elevating certain content like the stuff that makes sure. you angry and then pushing yep. down other content but, so yep still being with this though my concern here is mostly with libel laws not with i i really don't care about like misinformation or anything like that because i i honestly believe that most people have to sort through just a gargantuan amount of bullshit every day just in your life Interpersonal relationships are full of you having to sort through lies and truths. Every time you want to buy a car, you're sorting through lies and truths. Just like every decision you make, you're having to like apply this muscle. It's not like people don't like flex this and practice this all the time. You have to. So I don't see why this should be any different. I see it as mostly just a forum. But if you're not going to do that, if you're going to act like a publisher i think all right well libel laws kind of you're incur you're incurring that uh responsibility if you want to act like a publisher and decide what can or can't be posted hmm. i think that's, so i think that's fair but i don't think that still addresses the issue of you know like the feeds and and, and as fifth mentioned pushing certain content to drive engagement right I think those are kind of two different things. Well, aren't yeah, they? no, 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 no. It's it is, but it isn't. My perspective on that really is: I don't care. You need to like you as a person need to have some responsibility, and just figure out what is or isn't true, or maybe just figure out that Facebook isn't good for you and get off of it. Right? Okay. The feeds and all that—that's them serving you content. So that's me saying maybe we need to apply libel laws to them because of that. I. But I don't. Here's the, but here's here's. Here's a point that I'll make, though, is once if you say, hey, you have to mandate that your platform doesn't have misinformation, people aren't lying on there and there's not hate speech, which is, I guess, not illegal speech, but uncomfortable speech, which doesn't make sense to me. If it's not illegal and it's a platform, what's your point? Uh, 
if you're mandating all that, then the company gets to apply that and interpret that. And I, A, I think just generally everyone here can agree that we don't trust Facebook <laughs> in the first place. So why do we trust them to apply these, like, rules fairly? And furthermore, like, I don't think that some, like, uppity, like, I'm trying to come up with good insults that aren't uh, swearing and whatnot. Some uppity uh, fart sniffer from San Francisco. I don't think he's going to have a lot of, like, he's going to fairly, like, interpret the statements of some country bumpkin out in the middle of nowhere, Idaho. So this is actually a real, believe it or not, I'm going to kind of derail it a little bit, but this is actually a really good segue into our next, our next um, article here, because we're talking more about Facebook, but in this article, it's about uh, how Facebook permanently banned a developer after he made an app to let users delete their newsfeed entirely. So basically it was a Chrome extension that removed, um, uh, newsfeed articles and basically mass unfollowed all of their the users' friends. Facebook didn't like it, wound up kicking off the um, uh, the developer, sent them a cease and desist, and made them remove their app from the uh, Chrome App Store. So, interpreting your arguments that you had here, do you th- who do you think is right in this situation? Do you think this is this is Facebook being like, hey, we are an independent platform, we don't want you to do this? Or do you think Facebook is trying to be um be big and mighty and forcing people into a curated stream? Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure. Part of the issue comes from like you're getting your stuff from Facebook servers and it's coming to your computer, right? Right. And I guess that's acting like a middleman and then filtering down what it is. I'm not quite sure how it works. Well, if if you delete it just your unfollow a bunch of stuff, it and in theory removes everything that you'd see in your newsfeed because you're not following anybody. So well, so what's the issue? It's just changing how you interact with Facebook. Correct. It's literally just saying, hey, I don't want to follow these things, so it unfollows all the stuff for you. They they say that's just they say theoretically just do that by hand in the article. Yeah, basically it's automating a uh, a manual task. So Yeah, if I can just do that by hand, why is that an issue? They said it uh automate it's broke it broke Facebook's rules on automated collection of user content without Facebook's permission. That's not collection of content. And it infringed on Facebook's trademarks. Well, I mean, in terms okay, of might of content, infringe on their trademarks. collection of content of their users or the followers yeah. you have in order right. to do it's it. Not, sure. Yeah. yeah. Get uh, list, iterate through list. <laughs> I mean, I, I still think this is pointless and even more pointless than the other, um, dev- not developers, researchers that were conducting legitimate research on Facebook. Um, and we're using all kinds of tools and, and software they develop to but they, study Facebook. Right, and they're this actually guy, collecting data. So. Yeah, yeah. this guy did something completely different. He just said, yeah, I just want to do something given what I've got. And it's, yeah. and that's just all it was. It wasn't trying to 
dig up dirt on Facebook and all yeah. this just show goes to show is Facebook is unwilling to change a position on users aggregating, using, accessing any Facebook data. And then it also just says that yeah. if you do want to try and do that, we're just not going to tolerate you anymore. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't mind like transparency laws. That'd be something entirely different to me because mm. that's just trying to like hmm. give people more information to work with, like letting people know the risks of cigarettes and all that. Interesting. Keep this compa- I play off the comparison they were all using. I like that a lot better. I like that idea. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And even Main data for social media. Yeah. Even if yeah. you, you, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here, but going with that transparency, even if you, I mean, granted, you are able to download your data off of Facebook You, with all the GDPR yeah. and stuff like that. You can download the entirety of your, your data. But what I would love to see is Facebook creating a um, almost like an algorithm profile for you where it says, here's here's the users, we sh- the top users that we show you. Here's the ones we don't show you. And we show you content based on this, 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 this and this that we've noticed you're interested in. Sure, that's trickier than it sounds. Uh, a lot of AI uh, algorithms function as basically black boxes. Yes, but you can kind of demystify them. You can get them. a vague idea. You can see how it's weighting things a little bit. E- even that. like but A lot of the decisions like do it, and it also depends on what types of models they're using. Right, right. Good like, point. There's more and less complex models that are easier to interpret. but Good point. A lot of models just might show you how it's weighting certain things, but it's not going to tell you how it got to that decision because that's a huge open question right now in just the area of AI is why are like these being the routes that like neural nets and other things are going. Good point. Because yeah, the way we see it basically is like there's this huge mathematical model in the center and you just put data in and it comes out. And you don't necessarily have a clear view on like, so why did the data go this way after we showed it, you know, like 10,000 posts and engagement information and all that? Hmm. I mean, all right, let, let's bring it back a bit here to, to the point of the Yeah, article. we're getting, we're going yeah, off. We're, we're getting lost in the weeds a little bit. Um, I, I think the point of this is Facebook is not going to give up on the access to its own data not even just Absolutely. for user research, but just for user experience. Um, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, they're not going to be the ones to change them. I don't think Facebook is going to get a, gosh, a fine, a ruling that is really going to change them. I really think that it's going to be legislative laws and some sort of, and I hate to say this because I'm against this in for a lot of reasons, but government oversight specifically on um, maybe just them. Uh, they're making it very hard right now for uh, so other social media sites to, to make any legitimate good claims about their platform um, because they're the biggest yeah. uh, social media, one of the biggest social media platforms. They make it very hard for other, for other platforms to legitimize, you know, the reason for their, their own purpose and, and uh, functionality right i, I don't think that really yeah, a, I, a fine is going to change them or, or, or a, a ruling I, I think maybe a ruling 
But Apple's already trying to fight their own rulings right now, so who knows? <laughs> we'll get to it's that gonna one. Have to be, it's going to have to be some big government oversight, and that's it. I still don't think it should be. I still think an update to the libel laws, because there's a couple weasel words in there that tech companies kind of use to get around what should be, like, basically them being held responsible for libel. Like, the phrase good faith moderation is not legally defined at all. So you can mm. kind of use that to get around so many things. Right. And uh, yeah. yeah. And that begs I don't want to see, I don't want to see Congress try and tell someone how like social media should work. Cause if there's one thing yeah. I've learned, it's that Congress That's, is yeah. not competent. <laughs> that's the flip side of the coin here that, that I'm kind of saying. And it, it's, it's hard to, to figure this out, right? It's like, all right, yeah. Facebook, you can play nice, but if you don't play nice, we're going to step in and do something. And as much as I don't trust Facebook already to play nice and do something better, I also at the same time don't really trust what would effectively be our government um, telling Facebook what to do. I, I don't like that either. Right. And that, that begs the question too, do we need more and like just in general internet or, um, communication laws like that? Like, think about it. The, the internet's last major law was in what, 1995 or 1998 or something, something yeah, like and it's that. One of the most lucrative and best ways to run a business right now, precisely because of that under regulation. Exactly. And I, I don't think that we, we need like more of this, more of that. This is how you need to run your business but at least some sort of check and balance to prevent things like what Facebook is okay. doing right now to you say that, but I have okay. a question for you. So you start mandating like, uh, basically moderation on every site, right? How do you tomorrow start your competitor to Facebook? Dude, your good, better social media. Good point. Yeah. How do you do that? You have yeah. to have an entire fully, realized moderation system in place before you can even go into that business. So basically then that kind of hands them a virtual monopoly, which is honestly, I think if you give it about three years, as soon as they start to work out all the bugs and stuff with their moderation models that are just completely automated, I think Facebook might push for the legislation itself because then hmm. that insulates them from a lot of competition. Interesting. Hmm. I, I I didn't think about it that way. Is they, they don't have that right now, but they're definitely working on it. And you can talk to anyone there, and I'm, they've basically made statements like, "Yeah, our like automated system caught all this stuff, and we got all this off our platform." So I don't see once they have like that basically worked out why they wouldn't like want that in place to insulate themselves from any form of competition. Hmm. I just don't mm -hmm. think that it's functionally a good idea, and I think your best choice is to basically make them like have transparency laws libel laws and then like uh probably you still have marketing things obviously we have to disclose everything and right. that's good to have in place as well so that you can't just like promote things willy-nilly although that still happens but right i just think that if you do this like hard line this big regulation of just shutting down a lot of stuff that I uh, that I I'm gonna just say that the functional that this always boils down to is who is going to decide what is misinformation, what is like wrong to say, what you can and can't say. Someone has to make that decision at some level whenever you introduce this kind of thing. Yeah, good point. 
you yeah you <laughs> you're not wrong but yeah so Anyway, I uh, think we had a pretty good discussion on that one. Uh, next article we have for you today, um, we're going to hopefully get through a lot of these relatively quickly here. Um, Boeing and NASA uh, are still trying to resolve the Starliner <laughs> valve problem. Uh, we reported this it. on Tech Talk Nation a long time ago, how they had to abort launch. Um so they freed up all but one of the stuck propellant valves um, that was that caused for the issue. Um, but basically, they're trying to figure out what happened. They're trying to figure out a root cause of what's going on. And basically, they have kind of two options here. Uh, kind of like refurbish the, the main component that broke or just completely take another um, approach on that. Uh, but basically, they said the earliest launch date would be sometime in 2022. Uh, so, yeah. Yay, progress. Or lack thereof. <laughs> but, yeah. Good on them uh, to get that done here. Uh, let's see it launch in the next five years. That'd be nice. Anyway, um... Next thing we have for you, too, is Apple seeking to avoid allowing to developers to link out to other payments with appealing the ruling in the Epic versus Apple case. Uh, honestly, nobody nobody, um, nobody was surprised that they appealed the decision, um, but they're, they're trying to do all they can to prevent people from uh, getting into um, taking their share of the pie. And Apple wants all of the App Store fees to go to them instead of other people. So I'm not sure what your guys' thoughts are on that. You think they're going to fight this to the death, or are they finally going to realize at one point that enough is enough? No, they're going to fight to the death until are they are at a dead end. So, I mean, yeah, they're... that's a big chunk of change to go from 30% to quite literally nothing. Um, yeah. Overnight. I don't know. I don't know if we covered this or if this is something I read in my free time. But Apple is has the single biggest profit margins out of any video game country company in existence. I think. Really? Maybe not. Hmm. Maybe not Steam. But I think other than Steam, they made more than Nintendo and PlayStation. Hmm. Like Apple, their uh, no, just their games. gaming subscription. It's just Apple's like gaming stuff. That's it. Right. This isn't even right. talking about their app store stuff. So why would they give up on that 30% cut? Wait. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Back up, back up, back up. Because you've confused a few Apple things before on the show, and I'll make sure you have this right. Let me just grab They this have their own arcade online system. It's a subscription gaming system. Are you talking about that, or are you talking about no, no, sales no, no. from... Because... I, I do want to be abundantly clear on this one, especially okay. if we're throwing around. I'll have Matt put the article on screen. That way I'm not. There's no. Because that, that does make a difference. Oh, you guys froze for a second. No, you froze. There we go. I threw the article in the in our article in our Discord. Okay. Uh, let me throw this up here. Okay. Um, I think I'm still frozen. Oh, there we go. There you go. Okay. Uh. Apple makes more money from games than Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo combined. 
the tech giant is now taking more profits from its games on Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo combined. While Apple Arcade is still a great value, it's not for the reason that there's success in gaming space. Massive tit- titles like Fortnite and Honor of Kings bring in tons of revenue in the form of 30% that Apple takes for listing these titles in their app store. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. That's a 30%. Yeah, I know. And so that's what we're talking that about. It's not anything else. That's literally what they get their, their money from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think they're going to fight it to the end because the amount of money they make off that is insane. It's funding oh, yeah. all the lawyers. And that, well, yeah. it's, it's funny, though, It's funny though because that 30% isn't necessarily what everyone is paying. Apple's made special deals, and this has come out in the, in the lawsuit with Epic. Um, Apple's made special backdoor deals with other companies in order to lower their percentages so they could oh, continue yeah. to do good business and have a trusted partner on the App Store. I don't know what it was. I, Amazon might be one of them. I thought there was a second one, but you can fact check me on that. Uh, I Honestly, that wouldn't sure. surprise me. It was another big um, player in, in the space um, that I wasn't surprised to hear based off of how big they were, but also shocked that and Apple didn't just make a, a cutoff, cut a one-off uh, deal for one of their their customers or one of their partners. Really, I can't find seem to find it right now. Um, it was it was like way at the beginning. Um, yeah, I'll see if I I'll see if I can find it. Okay, no, no worries. But yeah, basically. I, I I can see where they still want their piece of the pie. They're still going to fight this tooth and nail. But I also can see them eventually just kind of... I, I don't want to say giving up on it, but maybe reducing the fee and kind of spinning it in another way. Like, we're a champion of uh, making this accessible to people everywhere or something like that. So basically, lowering their fee, lowering their profit, and pivoting it into a win for them rather than a loss to Epic. So that's, that's my thought. Uh, just to quick to, to poke in um, some of the companies <laughs> that don't have that 30% cut include, um, never mind. I couldn't find it quick enough. Okay. No worries. Oh, uh, McDonald's, Starbucks, any food, uh, companies bypass it um there were better examples i had on this but Hmm. i'll find them i'll find them well we've (laughs) i think we could we could go on about this one all day here but this is another apple article that's actually in my opinion pretty cool uh apple is reportedly planning to make carplay more useful um, eventually they hope to integrate directly with the manufacturer's equipment like AC, car seats, um, heaters, any, any form that of thing that isn't necessarily just the radio. Um, so basically this article on Gizmodo here kind of goes into how some automakers may be a little reluctant for that, but how cool it would be if it actually happened. And I know you guys Did have I a call lot this to say. Not a few weeks ago for Tesla. I mean, I think we talked about it, and Tim Cook, obviously a big fan of the show, listened. He's clearly listening. He's listening to you, Ryan. Though, well, we know Ryan Tim Cook, Elon Musk, know, big, fan, he's big fans of the show. Yes, <laughs> no, it's Definitely. funny. We, I, he's I, not listening I to me. I don't have any Apple things. 
Yeah, I, well, I, I know I specifically mentioned this in terms of Tesla, and I said it makes sense for them to license their um, – it would make sense for them to license their software with a full self-driving software as part of it um, for the car companies. And in Apple's case, it makes even more sense because it comes with a whole ecosystem that surrounds itself that already exists and the infrastructure is already in place. Essentially, all they have to do is flip the switch, add some more lines of code. That's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but essentially that's it. I mean, they already have this big Apple ecosystem that can already integrate with it. Um, And they've already kind of had, they have the structure already there. What CarPlay is today is very bare bones. You get to play music, you get to listen to your notifications read back to you, hands-free calls and navigation. That's essentially what it boils down to. Um, Adding all kinds of things about the car would be really great, especially considering uh, companies like Tesla are making vehicles um, that don't include a lot of the uh, typical buttons and switches that you would associate with temperature control, uh, switching your seat, your armrest, lumbar support, whatever. Um, Audio, you know, speaker equipment. So, to, to me, this is kind of a a, um, a logical transition, especially if they would and can make more money um, with the existing customers and partners that they already have in the car space. All they have to do is kind of ask them for a little more access um, with their technology and their software on their side of things so that Apple can kind of gather that and, and put it into their platform. Um, interesting enough, and I, I, I need to do a little more research on this, but um, Apple last year kind of started uh, venturing more into the, the car space in terms of um, not functionality, but features that you could use with the car that weren't just um, CarPlay, which was with Apple Wallet, you'd be able to use your phone as a, um, as a key to get in your car. Apparently, um, that feature was supposed to roll out in masses uh, this year, and I'm not sure because of COVID if that impacted any, but allegedly um, there's only a handful of vehicles, even up to, um, as we're recording this, October 2021, um, that don't support this. And so it's interesting that they had this big momentum to get more into the car, and it's not really working in their favor. And so to me, this would seem like a logical pause on trying to convince more car companies to buy in um, until maybe they can flesh out the software and things on their end and uh, show a more polished product to their partners and say, hey, we'd like uh, we'd like to talk to you guys about this. What do you think? And have better feedback. For sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the car companies could... I, I like it. I, honestly, I'd kind of rather have Apple in charge of the UX of my car than... Uh... <laughs> these car companies because it's it's not their strong suit admittedly and i think they know that and i know that for a fact because i know for a fact they've been hiring more and more like computer science and computer engineer people to try Mm -hmm. and work these things out because they know that their ux is uh not up to par with i mean just as a pure car company tesla's for example right so obviously apple's ux design is going to be much much better than just about anything that uh, GM is going to cook up, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we will have to keep an eye on that one as we uh, we go through. I'd love to see more integration, and I'd love to see this coming out in future cars. Hopefully, uh, we'll get people to buy in. And uh, if Apple continues their, their domination of phone market, I think they will. 
Speaking of the phone market, uh, the next article we have is about the long-awaited Google Pixel 6. Uh, this will be coming out on October 19th, so tune in uh, on Tuesday for a episode of Tech Talk Nation, a special episode where we will cover the Google Pixel 6. But some of the teasers currently um, confirm five years of Android security updates, and something that kind of blew my mind a little bit was a 50-megapixel main sensor uh, and a 12-megapixel ultra-wide, and a 6 Pro will add a 48-megapixel telephoto lens uh, or telephoto uh, sensor to the the phone i am super excited to see to see what's coming out here yeah i'll let you guys go first and i'll kind of rain on the parade a little bit at the end yeah sure you can try uh but by the way i i am excited for this and i will be watching this live you can try so I, i'm see. excited for this, this. But, uh, i'm really excited for this uh chip after chip yeah my first take on that 50 megapixel thing is i don't know about that but for the moment i'm gonna treat it as if that's true right Right. That might be them trying to, like, kind of future-proof a little bit, right? Because uh, for the past just about five years, four years, somewhere along those lines, they've had the same exact camera in all their phones. Yes, a 12-megapixel sensor. They haven't changed it at all. It's the same. Mm -hmm. It's not only just the same size. It's basically the same model. So they used that for a long time and they really refined their data science on it and really got good at that computational photography on it. So my first take is by them choosing like a really strong sensor like that, they're going to reuse that sensor again and again for the next years and just keep updating their, uh, what do you call it, computational photography on it and get that perfectly refined again like they did already. Because hmm. it is obviously different for each sensor that you use, because you get different artifacts, you get stronger in certain areas. It's not like they're starting from like nothing, they know what they're doing on this very clearly. But I think that might be them trying to future-proof on it. Uh, I, yeah, I can see just, it. Yeah. Just in general, I'm excited for it. Uh, I like that they're making their own silicon for it. Uh, I like the design of it. Uh, that black bar across the back, to me, looks at least somewhat distinct from a lot of things that are around right now. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. a good chance I buy uh, the Pixel 6. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely consider it if, it if it becomes a phone that we've been hyping it up to be and if all these things yeah. come true, um, which I'm hoping for, I'd love to see a... The, their own silicon in this. I'd love to see yep. the a camera that can hold its own, if not better than some of the the competitors on the other side there. And I would really like to see a battery that can last a while. Um, yes. The go ahead. If I can just run at it real quick, that's sure. I think maybe the undersold portion of this is going to be this year's update to Android, supposedly. They've gone through, they've cleaned up a lot of their code. Everything's supposed to be running a lot more efficiently this year, which hmm. everything that runs more efficiently, you're going to get better battery life, you're going to get better uh, screen on time, all that, and hopefully faster performance. That, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, was one of the big selling points when Google announced this iteration of Android. Hmm. So, you know, fingers crossed that all that does happen, that it really is a big step forward. 
that with their own silicon could be a real like boost that yeah i'm excited <laughs> all right tom will take us down a bit you can let's, try. let's let's go back to the uh the title of this article which has to do with security updates and software uh updates now not to take anything away from uh the google pixel 6 i this is probably the first non-iphone in a long time um because I've been so kept up in, in its lead up to the release and I'm actually really excited about this phone. I'm going to be watching the invite uh, or the, the whatever the event. Um, yeah. We'll probably be talking about it in our own discord chat. Um, but the one thing I want to bring your attention back to is that title that they're going to be pushing out security updates for five years. That's awesome. That's really great. Uh Oh, until you look and see that, um, right now, Apple just pushed out a brand new OS that is still supporting a six-year-old device. And at the same time, they're supporting uh, older devices that remained on the previous OS and still pushing out security updates. So yes, five years is great. Um, they do point out Android has four years, um, but it still uh, is not the industry standard. Now, I can't quite tell you what the number is truly about how long they're going to be supporting something like this, because this is the first time that they've done this, uh, a dual OS um, thing. And, and truthfully, this will definitely be the longest uh, uh, support time of, of any of most devices. Sure. But to bring it back from, I'm excited for the Tensor and the Pixel and I could buy it and whatever, to the title and the reason that we were showing this article in the first place, or one of the reasons, um, it still comes in second. And I, I still can't tell you, that's a minimum of six years support. And that's six years. That's six years of of support plus, and with a new software. Yeah, good good point. Option. Good point. This this article does sure. say security updates. Depending on how they interpret that, that means yeah, I'll patch Android whatever. That means keeping it secure. Yeah, keep keeping whatever version secure. I mean, it's not going to get new features and all that. Like even we were talking about this last week. Grizzlo's phone isn't getting. Uh, the new a lot features. of the new features. Come yeah. on, Apple! What the heck? That's a well. That's a pretty common thing to do on the phones. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, hardware. Said that six years. Yeah, this is the cutoff. They've been this doing phone is that six yeah. year cutoff. So, I, and I looked it up. In the past, they've been doing about three year updates worth of. Or what, it wasn't which, six year cutoff, but yeah, they've been doing three years, which is not bad. It's not great, but I think most Android phones previously, you kind of. Uh, I don't think two. people tend to keep yeah. them for more than I, I've seen some three years on them. Although, I mean, is that is that what you're seeing, or really truthfully, what's going on? Because at least with that's what I'm with... seeing around me in my immediate area. In other places, that's most likely not the case. People might be keeping them for half a decade. I mean, at least from what's what we're seeing recently is people are holding on to their devices yeah, sure. longer than they would have, you know, let's say five Listen, to six years ago. I can tell ago. you pretty reasonably I in mean, a lot of, like, other countries, I'm sure people are holding on to their phones for five years plus. And yeah. it's good to see them at least up, at least keep the security updates a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially in, in countries where a phone in general is luxury. Um, yeah. Being able to sure. hold on to something like that will be very essential. I think in a lot of cases, the the success of this type of life cycle boils mainly down to 
what the initial investment is, what the perceived value of the features that you're getting out of said investment, and then what the life cycle of the software itself looks like. Like, are they going to push out a new version of Android every two years that's going to slow down, or excuse me, every year or so that's going to slow down your phone? Or are they going to um, keep on optimizing, making sure things are working right, and make it a little more um, lean, I guess? I do think that's right. one thing where Apple does have a competitive edge, where they, they know what to do on each device, to make it at least attempt to be a little more long, a little more like yes. self-sustaining. Part of that, I think part of that you can attribute to them making their own silicone for the past. Good point. For a long while. And I think maybe the transition over to Google's own silicone is what might be helping to enable all that. Interesting. And if, yeah, and if Google's past trends are about right, uh, I'd expect maybe four to five years of Android updates and then another one to two after that is security. I'd probably lean towards four years of uh, actual Android. Interesting. That's just me going off uh, the last update for the Pixel. So the Pixel was two years of Android, three years of security, so just... I don't know, doubling that, I'd imagine it's maybe four years of Android, six years of security. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, we, we are going to definitely keep uh, tabs on that, cover everything as we find out about uh, the Pixel 6 that will be coming out. Maybe even review it. We'll see. <laughs> maybe even review it. We'll see. Um, but anyway, uh, we are now going to move into talking about Tesla here because they've had a very interesting week. Um, so basically Tesla confirmed that they officially have moved their headquarters from California to Texas. Um, that really didn't come as a surprise after the way Elon Musk has been very vocal about his, uh, disdain for the Californian way of life. Um, and basically they were, they halted a rollout of full self-driving beta to drivers with quote, perfect safety scores. Um, now we have a little addendum to this story, and this is like breaking news. So I'm, I'm going to let my good buddy Matt Grislow take hold of this one. Well, it's not really breaking because the tweet, I think, was out at like four in the morning or something. Um, but Elon did tweet just like he did that they were going to halt the release of FSD 10.2. Uh, he tweeted at four in the morning today that it did roll out. Um, only the people with those perfect uh, driving scores that has to do with uh, how you drive in, I believe, like a thousand mile range time period, um, or I guess a thousand miles of range, um, based off of how, how well you are and, and how likely you are to avoid collisions and, and whatnot. And it only goes out to, to that uh, group of people. So we rolled out um, subsequently to people with lower scores of, you know, like 99 or whatever. Um, it's interesting to see, while I have the mic and I suppose I'm giving my take now, it is interesting to see um, a company really think about what they're putting out and then stop and uh, and work on it to make sure they're putting out the right thing. Um, I'd like to think that other companies would do the same with their software that has less impact on other people in terms of their um, immediate safety. Um 
but I, I'm glad that Tesla is doing that and making it very public that they are. Um, I think it's important, and we talk about transparency, right? Um, they're very transparent and said, yeah, we're not ready to release the software. It's just, it's not ready, and, I, and we don't feel comfortable putting this in the hands of even the most trusted um, users. I, I appreciate that uh, level of uh, transparency, and um, I can only hope that they continue to do that. I'm also just not surprised in general that they moved to California, or I'm sorry, moved out of California and announced that they're moving to Texas, or at least now it's permanent. It just makes sense. A lot of companies moving there. Um, they're incentivized right. to now. Um, it's going to be the next big tech hub um, in, in Texas. Yep. But uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. It's shaping up that way, yeah. Uh, can I just completely derail this for a second just because I had a funny idea? Uh, let me say one more thing, and then I'll okay. let you derail. Um, basically, the uh, I, I'd be more inclined to be mad about this if it was a production release of a software. Like, if this was your launch to go out, and they're just like, whoa, 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 we're not going to do this, I'd be like, that is awful. You said you were going to do something. You should have done it. Um, That's an important it, distinction to make here. I right. Think too. It's, a, it's a beta version of the software. So it's a very early development version that they feel comfortable. Well, now they do. But at the time, they didn't feel yeah. comfortable enough releasing to a, a set of people who will test the software for them. So with, with this, there's a really big distinction between, hey, they're, they're taking the cautionary tale now and then hopefully that will translate into better results in the future. But we will we will see about that. I'll derail us after the story. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, I, that, that was all I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to say some stuff too. Who are... It's a very, like, bold thing, I think, to uh, be Tesla's self-driving beta person. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I don't know I if think... I want to do that. I think somewhere they said that there were 2,000 people either on this version or a very similar version of this software um, previous to it being released in beta form. Yeah. Um, and allegedly no accidents, but I mean, maybe not on that software, but well, yeah, I, of other ones. Yeah. I feel like that arbitrary safety score number is almost Tesla's like... Um, I mean, it, obviously it's for being a safe driver and stuff like that, but I also feel like it's almost like a, like a driver tw trustworthiness indicator mm -hmm. from Tesla to just be like, Hey, yeah. is this guy going to be an idiot on the road with this thing? Or are they actually yeah. going to pay attention and step in if something bad were to happen? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure they also mentioned that they would revoke, um, oh, access to this data. Um, if they did find that they were acting recklessly. Or if their score dropped. Hmm. Uh, Excuse me. How does beta self-driving software interact with like driving laws and like the regulation of all that? I wonder. Or there might just be none hmm. at I, the moment. I don't know. It's not something we. Is is that a, to deal with? Yet. That's a good question. I wonder. I wonder if they give you. You know that you see those like manufacturer plates like those license plates where it's like a manufacturer car or something like that. Yeah. I wonder if it's something similar to that, where it's like, I, I know those aren't like, like fully accessible plates and, and stuff like that. Maybe it's something similar with the way they do that because, uh, or they just dis, they just disclaim it with the fact of, Hey, somebody is in control of the vehicle 
and they will step in at any time. And these people they are should. trustworthy to do so. Yeah. That's I'd the like, thing. And I'd like to think that when they made the rules to allow self-driving or even semi-autonomous vehicles on the road anyway, that they would have included some sort of clause in the legislation that there was room for a beta program, but only if it was allowed or okay or whatever. There, I, it, I, I feel think, like it'd be foolish to believe that Tesla is able to really act on its own here and put out truly self-driving, like a beta version of self-driving uh, software hmm. in the state of California or wherever is just okay with that. Because of how limited it is, I guarantee you it's got to be limited to states um, where that's even okay. So there's got to be some sort of rules or legislation or oversight in place. Because if there's not, that's a huge oversight. I mean, that's the first thing you think. It's like, all right, you have software. What happens if we have a beta version? We'll test it. Who's going to test well, it? You know, that had to yeah. already, those conversations already think, had to have happened. I'd like to think. Well, no, I think this is how they're skirting it. And that's part of why they have this like driver trustworthiness score is it's not self-driving. It is, mm-hmm. but you're not supposed to treat it as self-driving. You're supposed to be paying right. attention, active and engaged, making sure you don't hit me. Right. And I think that might be how they're getting around it. Hmm. And that's, I guess, mm-hmm. also why they are only rolling this out to certain people as well. Because if there's an accident during this period, for them, that is going to be a nightmare of PR and litigation. Oh, yeah. There's, so oh, man, there's got to be something in the terms of service when you buy a Tesla that talks about sure these, you know, in really tiny print. Yeah, in between. I mean, there 100% is where it just flat out says, this isn't meant to be self-driving. You need to pay attention and be ready to intervene at any time. Yeah. That's That's there. I know that's there because that's why that, we talked about like some troll weeks ago (laughs) who was getting drunk and diving in the back of his Tesla and being driven home that way. No, 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 no. He wasn't getting arrested. He was fully sober and just saying, I don't want to drive. Ah. Well, there's a reason he was just being what we call that's still illegal. That is still legal. That's correct. Yes. Yes. But she get an update on that guy. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. I don't want to dignify him with the one thing that he craves. That's attention. And you said that during when we were talking about it. So it's been months. It has been months. It hasn't just been weeks. It's been months. Yeah. So I'd be curious, like summer months. So I'd be curious to see um, what (laughs) happened. Well, I'll be honest. The only, never mind. I just I don't want to know any more about him. I don't want to give him attention. For sure. Fair. You know what probably shouldn't be getting attention? Uh, Tesla announcing a new uh, Giga beer uh, with nope. the Cybertruck inspired bottle. Basically, All they these. came out and made Tesla or excuse me tequila in 2018, uh, just as kind of like a meme. And now they're doing it with beer. Uh, so, yeah, it's a cool, as people call it, a Cybertruck inspired uh, bottle. And that's that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, so, well, yeah, Tesla is making alcohol now. Uh, well, the difference yeah. is the tequila was a one off. Right. The beer yeah. seems it, the beer sounds to be like a mainstay. And this was all part of the conversation, the part of the conversation where Elon was. Yeah, we're going to build a train station at our gigafactory. We're going to um, 
beautify the area. We're going to put up all kinds of wall art. Oh, and by the way, we're going to have our own beer. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love it. And this one it. could actually be a mainstay too, right? Because tequila is a lot this more complicated. This is going to be a mainstay. Yeah. It, like, well, I'm saying... not, not, not a question. Sure. I'll be honest. I didn't really look deep into this one. I just have this knowledge about how alcohol is made. Tequila kind of had to be a one-off. Because there's a whole like host of laws on how tequila gets made, where it can be made, and all that to be called tequila. And that's where like I think there was some litigation issues he was having with like Tesla Tequila just as a thing for a while. I think they ended up ironing mm-hmm. it all out and just contracting it with a tequila provider. They did. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't make it. But beer, they could actually make it their own factory. And beers, like the lead in time on beer is really short. Like, I'm pretty sure a batch of beer takes a month, two months. I think it's like six weeks. I think. Between three weeks and two months, depending on the beer, alcohol content, and all that, I think is about where it is. Uh, it's been a while. I used to make it. I, let's just, uh, uh, I just hope they don't uh, enjoy uh, their new refreshments and then get behind the wheel. That is a very bad thing to do. Just pick yeah, it up, put yeah. it in the trunk, and uh, but, let your car drive. What yeah. if it drives them home? <laughs> yeah, put your Tesla growler in your trunk and drive your Model Y home before you can enjoy your beverage. It's fun. I, I will say, I like the I idea. Say, I would plan a, a trip around around that just to get the Tesla. Beer. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And if I it's could, funny. Uh, let's be honest. If I could it's get really a tour, funny, I like the idea. Yes, that is that is very funny. Yeah. And, and because it's beer, they can actually just produce it. It's not right. hard for them to produce. There's a lot less like they don't have to deal with copyright issues. Do they can just make their beer and laugh? Well, not to yes. mention this is going to be in their their what is it the Berlin Brandenburg? Yep, the Berlin gig of yeah the Germany yeah. factory. They're going to make oh, beer. Yeah. The Germany, Germany so, drinking laws are a lot looser than the U.S.'s. Yeah. Not to mention, they'll have a lot of good um, people around them to help them out with this. So it's not going to be, Can't it's going to be a long time before they can figure it out, but probably an expedited process than you would get with trying to find someone. I mean, they'll still have to find someone, but it'll just be a lot. It'll be expedited just based off the fact it's in Germany. Right. What is it? You're at like 16 in Germany? Something like that. I know it's the drinking it's age. concerningly yeah. I think low. It's, it's young. For beer, I it's think beer might be 18. But either way, yeah, this is cool. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Give Tesla beer. Good meme. Tesla beer. Good meme. Uh, well, good in meme. other, a little more somber news, uh, Twitch uh, was completely <laughs> breached this week, and the entirety of Twitch had been leaked, uh, including source codes, the payouts that in the individual streamers got, um, as well as the entirety of the development history of Twitch. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit too, but basically it is the entirety of the, the source code with the commit history. And I'll explain what that is in a bit. Uh, creator payout reports from 2019, mobile desktop and console clients, proprietary software development kits and internal Amazon web services technologies used by Twitch and every other property that Twitch owns. So any of the other, um, basic things as well as an unreleased steam competitor that they've been um uh developing and some red team tools basically for people to try and break into their own network so 
it this was a very big league. Apparently, and... the red team wasn't very good. Yeah, this <laughs> they was red enough. They this, were too blue. This was a very big leak, and the one thing that I want to draw draw attention to as well is the commit history. So for those of you that don't the commit know, history is pretty funny. Yes. For those of you that don't know, um, that's Which how, is me. so what, what's, what's called a commit is you have what's called a repository. This repository is where all of your developers send their code once they finish developing it. And in every one of those, those actions where you send the code to the repository, you have to commit the code. And you have to write a message basically saying, here's what I did, and this is what I changed. So you can send it in, and then somebody can approve it and get added to the main code base. Um, that also will show you kind of how um, Twitch works on the inside, the organizational structure, how they approve their things, how they do everything, and kind of show you how they develop Twitch in general, kind of from, from zero to here, where, where they got this from. Yeah. But in that, <laughs> in that developers are funny. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. They are. Well, <laughs> well, yes. And frustrated. So kind of before we get into discussing this a little bit more, um, I, I want to just share yeah. one, a couple of little, um, yeah. little, like, yeah, go yeah, go ahead. It's internal to like one team too, are going to be like the funniest because they're not going to be like straightforward on like this is what I fixed and blah 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 blah. It's going to be like a lot of swearing, a lot of yelling, <laughs> a lot of like inside jokes within that little group because it's not going to anyone else. That's the internal stuff when they push basically to other uh, to like the main part of Twitch. Then they'll make like real statements. Yeah, like actual <laughs> but statements. But these smaller ones are so funny. Yeah, when there's some developer that's ready to pull their hair out. And luckily, yeah. a wonderful user on Twitter, Play a Dev here, um, was able to aggregate a lot of them. And they are very funny. Like, oh my God, that was it. It actually builds. <laughs> or, oh, I felt, I'm sure you guys feel it a lot. Yep, mouse events yeah. now work magically. Temp files and CSVs suck. <laughs> Formatting sucks. I suck. <laughs> Why won't you build? What port are we running this on? And WTF Sublime text. Uh, yes. So anyway... His first mistake was using Sublime text. Bingo. But anyway, this kind of gives you a glimpse into the internal Twitch culture, the internal way their development team works and how everything works there. But it makes it a lot more fun um, to see. I mean, obviously, I don't wish them to get get uh, hacked and compromised and breached and all this stuff. But no. um, at least the tech community got some laughs out of a real... Yeah. Amazon owned organization here, um, at least having some fun with it. Oh shoot! Yes. I forgot Bezos owns that. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Amazon owned. That is Amazon owned. Uh, there's a small piece cool. to add to this too. Okay. Uh, this was labeled as part one. What? I didn't even you know didn't... that. Oh no! It was what? labeled as part one. <clears throat> So this, oh there was no part two. I don't know. Uh, they might just have more information on Twitch itself. Uh, they didn't release passwords. They didn't release like that kind of stuff. 
But I mean, I imagine if you can get all of Twitch's internal source code, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they got the passwords too. But this yeah. was, I'm pretty sure this was labeled like as part one of like, no, not part one of, it just said part one. And that was the hmm. leak. Interesting. The leak itself, some of the information in it was uh, enlightening. Yes, enlightening, and uh, that how much huge... money people will donate to millionaires. Yes, and that will if they en... pretend like they're not. That will enlighten me to. Uh, it kind of shows like some of these sa- the salaries of all the people and all these these streamers yeah. are now getting in hot water for the way they've acted or the way that they they've made portrayed their yeah. wealth or lack thereof, and have been asking people to donate and basically are in a way scamming people out of out of yeah. money and one of the other memes that we we found for today is what reddit being wonderful once again um and there's this meme from pow rt in the kisser uh here uh basically <laughs> saying twitch screamers monthly income gets leaked people realizing they actually donated to millionaires uh and <laughs> yeah but basically granted um, this is pre-tax yes pre-tax because obviously twitch I don't know how much people know about Twitch streaming and all that. Uh, they do. You're basically listed as an independent contractor. They don't do any of your taxes for you. You have to do it all on your own. Right. So all this is pre-tax. Correct. Still, it's a lot of money. The it's a lot paid of money. People, well, the highest paid channel, I think, was Critical Role, which is interesting. I think it was like $800,000 or something like that a month. No, or it's no. like $8 million. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to look more at that. Maybe maybe I was just looking. Like the, I think the 10th most streamer was still in the millions. Okay. Ne- the never mind. Critical Role was number 1. But that's mm. like an actual production company and stuff. But anyway, the other thing with yeah. all of this too is just um now that code is out there and it's people now know what their their technology stack is, they know what was there, they know how they wrote things. Um I don't know if this will be used for further exploits or I don't know if this poses a threat for Amazon as a whole Um, because they're owned by Amazon. I'm not sure if that this translates to how far into the Amazon in general code base. They were acquired. They were. Yes, they were acquired. So their source code probably started from a very different point. Right, but yeah. then but, when you have the Amazon acquisition, maybe they they may be interfacing with Amazon unlikely. web services in a way that's different from some of their other clients, potentially. Yeah, there might have been some changes there, mm-hmm. but to go through and change all the code, like oh, I know no, just from not the at all. past, YouTube, YouTube, Google never did that in YouTube. A lot of their code is still old, old code. Because it's just a like nightmare that. to pour through all that. But, uh, yeah, what was the last point? Oh, yeah, the joke that you've continued, that you've made a couple of times has been, uh, overnight Twitch just became the largest open source, uh, company. Yep. Yes. And the good meme here, I, I sent this, and uh, soon. I bring <laughs> yeah. that up for oh. a point. I bring that up to make a point. Uh, maybe this is where they, uh, translate. To like actually being like, okay, we're just going to be open source now. All of our code's out there, so we might as well continue this and at least try and turn this negative into like, we're going to be open source now so other people can at least 
see our code and help us figure out what's wrong with it. And there, in a way, is your... Or maybe that's trans- a foolish idea. Well, here's the thing. You, we talked about transparency earlier in the broadcast True. today. There you go. Open source Speaking transparency. Of in the broadcast. So hear me out. This was the. Can I derail? Are we good with this story? Real can, quick. Can I make? Can I get yes. in on this? Yes, I, I will I derail after you. Uh, two things. One, am I the only one that's just enjoying this like orchestrated chaos, like this dumpster <laughs> fire? I feel like right bit, now, yeah. I like during this whole thing, especially because I don't really. Well, I don't use Twitch at all. I feel like just kind of the guy sitting across the street, like last, I don't know, summer, as people were like Molotov cocktailing uh, businesses and like looting stores. And I'm just sitting there with like a bag of Doritos, just kind of eating away and watching. Um, I feel like that's kind of what uh, my role is in this. Um, I think it's terrible. It's really bad. It's really, really bad. Um, especially con- considering yes. what you said earlier about if they have the source code, imagine what else they have, but they're not showing you considering also considering <laughs> they labeled this as a part one part one. Um, to me, oh, no. I think this is in another aspect of this. Um, to me, it, it does pose a big problem for Bezos. Um, I, I really like, this is never good. It doesn't matter how much source code of and, and individuality and, or, whatever uniqueness of code uh twitch has over amazon it's still a property and they have to interface with it somehow nonetheless and it's one of their properties um at the end of the day and so that's a big problem um i i can't think of a bigger issue we've covered where this hasn't been so monumental what do they own yeah. ring they like they've never they had some security issues with that but never we this were just big. talking about what do you call it last week too their little drone uh yeah, yeah the, the rover dude um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what you do if you're if you're Amazon. Like, like if Twitch is its own thing, right? And they they're owned by Amazon, but Amazon does own them. So what does Amazon yes. do? Like, what's their stance on their other properties that they have that do include proprietary code that, at least as far as they understand and we understand, hasn't been completely leaked yet? You know, right? Like, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Yeah, it's it's. it's for me, at least, it's like what all these hackers are right now combing through this code, thinking what yes. could be shared with other Am- with other things Amazon owns. What could mm-hmm. be shared with something else? How can I move laterally yeah. within this environment? Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, Ryan, you want to derail Alrighty. for like two minutes? Oh yeah, yeah. It was just a funny like three second talk from or a thought from like two stu- two stories ago. Okay. What if just every time you log into Facebook, it's like the warning on the back of a cigarette case, and it just says <laughs> "warning may contain misleading information, may lead to depression, may," and it just I says mean, a list of side effects. I, mean, I can see you. I I can see like an in terms or from a regulatory standpoint, if anything like this were to go through, that being some sort of splash screen that came up when you logged in manually anytime from one of those uh, social media sites. So not when you have your password saved and all that, but like if you have to re-put in your password, your username to get back into whatever you're yeah. looking at, you know, this even if it's boring. not Facebook, if it's Twitter, if it's Snapchat, um, I can see some sort of splash screen when you log in uh, implemented. 
because it's a funny random idea i had while we were talking earlier yeah because <laughs> that's a really easy that's a really easy thing for a developer yeah. to include that doesn't really hamper the user user experience and then also i feel like it kind of takes the blame and the responsibility off of them because they've already um no matter how many studies they've done to prove how good or bad their platform is for people they've the, already yeah it's the person's essentially choice given yeah they're giving the user the option and the knowledge and the information um, that something bad could happen and they're accepting the risk by essentially signing in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't see it as a bad thing yeah, Maybe it's in terms of service when you create an account, but I, I can see it as, as useful and beneficial. Yeah, definitely. Not fixing things, but... That was a funny idea. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, practical. It's somewhat practical. Yeah, I could see it being yeah. I could see it being a pretty practical solution here, but... It just rem- yeah, it reminds me of like some old movie that I love called Thank You for Smoking. Yeah, it's just mm. the, the main. Ca- yeah, I've told, I've talked about it before. I think to you guys, it's just <laughs> the main character is a lobbyist for the uh, cigarette industry, which is just a crazy person to put as your like front man for a movie. For sure. But yeah. Well, speaking of crazy, crazy things, how about a uh, moon Wi-Fi? Uh, well, how about it. How about it? Well, anyway, uh, NASA's moon Wi-Fi. Uh, which will be kind of a network that people they're developing to um, work on the moon with any form of habitation or civilization that will eventually be there is getting developed right now. Um, but it's not getting tested in the desert or anything like that. Uh, no, it's getting tested in Cleveland. Uh, basically, it's they're working through uh, the Greater Cleveland Partnership to kind of figure out how they could get... Um, of the houses in Cleveland that don't have internet access online in the most effective and cheapest way. And they were hoping to leverage the, a similar network structure that they would for the moon, which is Uh, interesting. I want to qualify what you said just to confirm that's true. I don't think they're testing this moon system on Cleveland, Cleveland, uh, approached NASA and asked for its help based off the research they're doing for the moon specifically to help them for that part of Cleveland and their Wi-Fi. Let me, let me fact check that. I'm okay. You, you, you're correct. I I misspoke. It said what NASA isn't doing is actually building out such a network. I I thought they, they said they were building that out. So I misread. My Yeah. uh, Cleveland's going to NASA as the expert on this is almost like a, um, what do you call that? A, uh, there's a name for it. Um, An SME? Subject matter expert? <laughs> no, like a practical name. Um, like the people at Deloitte. A guru? A consultant? Like a consultant, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're going They're going to him as a consultant, not as a, um, a builder or whatever. For sure. I think, though, to, as long as I have the floor, I think it's pretty neat that... Um, <laughs> You can you can take lessons learned from building it like infrastructure in the space and use those lessons um, to effectively help you know the rest of the world. Um, yeah, it's interesting that it's kind of going that way, and it's interesting that it's evolving this way. Like a lot of the um, a lot of the really cool technologies that we use today. Um, were first formed in the military yep. um gps the number one thing the internet um 
kind of the Wi-Fi, the internet, or internet, was... no internet in general. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think it's just really interesting to see this kind of evolve. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, now now we're not just creating technology, new technology to solve solutions. We're actually trying to figure out problems based off of experiences um, with the interstellar. Um, that might not be the right yeah. space word I'm trying to think of, but yeah, I, I think it's yeah, really yes, interesting. Yes. It's really cool. Also, when they talk about location services on the moon, I like in that article, every part of me that was like five years old still and still loved and still does love rockets, just like, like screamed like a little kid again, like with joy. That that to me was just like, wow, that's so cool. A five-year-old does not understand location services. I understand that. But to, but the idea that you could just have moon, oh, moon Wi-Fi and moon location services, like I, I, that's just so crazy. Like, like imagine, I don't know, in 50 years when let's say we have a moon base, let's, let's assume we have a moon base. And you can set your location, you know, be like, yeah, I'm on the southern equator near the the right, you know, I don't know. Because I don't know who they'd name. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it as like, um, you know, everything's location based, right? So you have to have some sort of name convention. Um, and I know they name craters and stuff, but they have to come up yeah. with something else, right? So what are they going to name it after? Like presidents? Are they going to name it after like, what are they going to name it after? The scientists? They're like, yeah, my, my location's, you know, the South Pole. I'm 10 meters away from the... I don't know, insert scientist name here who came up with the system crater or, or, or rock formation or, or whatever. I just think this whole idea we have is really a, yeah, cool. A lot of the stuff None of it's far-fetched. None of it's far-fetched. And again, I'm just geeking out of this because this is just so cool. Yeah, just and then like they that out to Mars, right? Dot in the background. That's the next thing. Exactly. That's the next thing. So it's like, oh, it's just, this is just so cool. Yeah. It's like me, fan. I, I'm, I'm tech fan growing over this. I think that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There's a good history, too, for just uh, NASA uh, trying to come up with some kind of technology for their uh, spaceships or their spacesuits and all that, and that eventually finding other applications Earthside. Right. Like, that's got a pretty, like, good history, too. I forget all the inventions. There's, like, a couple big ones that I'm just completely forgetting, but they've definitely made huge advances in, like, materials and stuff, too. Just to go up up. space. Kevlar. Uh yeah there's velcro so many like um, yeah there's a bunch of ceramics too i'm sure that they pioneer just to be able to get up into space right teflon uh mm, yeah teflon mm. uh, yeah a lot a lot of these these materials are all nasa yeah. uh I, I think duct tape or no i don't think so maybe i don't know the certain type but of yeah I'm just saying, there's a long history of this, and it's cool. I like. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I agree. And we. And that's yeah. I would love to see the the tertiary advancements that come out of stuff like this. And I mean, that's the one thing that's a little disappointing with NASA going more towards the private route and then just being a consumer of technology, because you don't get these tertiary advancements that kind of go to the general public, sure. but uh, it's very much, it's a lot more cost effective. So, yeah, but that torch has also been passed on to like SpaceX and I guess blue origin. Fair. I guess whatever. And they'll definitely have, I think <clears throat> five, seven years from now, patents that come out with advances they've made in order to make their stuff better. For sure. Hmm. Just because you mentioned Blue Origin, I do want to remind everyone 
um, that uh, oh yeah, the rocket and company are, will be taking off uh, either tomorrow or Wednesday. Tomorrow, I believe. Let me take a look. In his uh, Hermes shaped rocket, his Herm shaped rocket. Yes, that makes sense. Um, uh, if, yes, if October thirteenth. Who's a huge nerd and gets that joke? So Wednesday. Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Yeah, if yes. Everyone's a huge history nerd. He's going to take off in a Herm-shaped rocket. Yep. Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. All righty. Uh, it's interesting stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. But anyway, <laughs> I, that's actually all we have for tonight. Believe it or not. All right. But yeah. Not two hours and counting. Right. Yeah, we're only an hour and twenty-four <laughs> in counting. Well, anyway, uh, with that, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Thank you to Grizzlo and Ryan once again for being here tonight. It is always wonderful uh, to get your guys' opinion and everything, um, and it is a great time. Please feel free to follow us on social media and. Uh, Get, get on the Tech Talk Nation bandwagon with all of us here. We love interacting with the community. We want to see you um, here on the show. Uh, so we answer all of the queries that we get and the questions and stuff like that. So we love involving you guys. So with that, thank you so much for tuning into Tech Talk Nation tonight. We will be here next Tuesday to cover the Pixel launch and... Actually, NS-18 here, the new Shepard mission with Captain Kirk on board. So, with that, have a wonderful night and see you next Tuesday. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to Tech Talk Nation. Tune in next week for more discussion on the latest in tech.